What up, y'all? Welcome to Queer Walk, the podcast, the insurgent bi-weekly audio syllabus for and by queer women of color, queer folks of color. I am Dr. Money, and um, I guess this is like me officially uh, kicking off 2022 for the podcast. Um, And also, why didn't anybody tell me that Kehlani and 070 Shake were dating? Was y'all just going to... You know, I feel um, very left out of the lesbian loop on that one. So, um, let me just drop the (laughs) intro so we can get... We can get maybe some of the rest of us caught up on some, like, queer shenanigans and goings on. All right? So, let's drop the intro. Love your chocolate demeanor and your cocoa kisses. I see your glow from a distance. Your vibe incite my submission. I give you all of me. Wanna make you proud of me. We see the God in all you do. Your light is harmony. Every type, darkest night, brightest light, I'm loving your soul They hate you, replace you, take you, but know that you go Worldwide from every continent, I just want you to jig a little bit Move them hips, feel that bliss, hug your sis, make a fist Don't resist your temptation, you amazing, no limitation My favorite in this matrix, we move by your vibration And that's love, I hope you hear that on the daily Cause baby you love, I hope you hear that on the daily Cause baby you love I hope you hear that on the daily, cause baby, you love, you love. It's like a snowstorm in Philly right now, and I got my heat off recording this podcast. So y'all know I love y'all. Y'all know this podcast clearly still means a lot to me because this, um, the heat is off so that the audio quality can be better, you know? Um, so... First, of course, I want to tell y'all where you can find me on the social media streets. Uh, You can hit me up at Queer Walk Pod on all the things. That's Instagram and Twitter. If I'm being honest, it's really Instagram and Twitter. I am at Queer Walk Pod on Facebook as well. It's facebook.com slash Queer Walk Pod. I'm hardly ever on there. And where can you listen? You can listen to Queer Walk the Podcast on all your favorite podcasting platforms. Uh, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, Pocket Cast, SoundCloud, um, Apple Podcasts, all the things. We are there. And please like follow and rate us on those platforms as well. I think you can like rate on Spotify now. So uh, yeah, make sure you're doing that. There's two major ways you can contribute to Queer Walk the Podcast. The uh, first is by sharing Queer Walk to get me out there to so that I can reach new audiences so other queer folks of color can feel a little bit less alone in this uh, great big world. You can review the podcast. You can repost when I'm posting stuff about the podcast. You can retweet when I retweet the episodes. Um, and reply, send um, all things Queer Walk related to QueerWalkPod at gmail.com. You can even request a topic because I just really need them. Um, you can request or suggest a Queer Walk or Queer Pock of the Week. Um, and on all your favorite social media platforms, you can use the hashtag QueerWOC to talk all things the episodes. The second major way that you can contribute to Queer Walk and make sure that these episodes keep coming is by um, donating. I don't have any sponsors 
yet. Um, <laughs> so uh, if you would like to keep this coming, keep the mic on over here at Queer Walk. You can send me a donation at Cash App, which is dollar sign Queer Walk Pod. That's P-O-D. Or you can become a sustainer of the program by giving a small monthly contribution over at Patreon. So you can do that at patreon.com slash queerwalkpod, P-O-D. And please let me know what y'all want to see on the Patreon. I feel like I'm at a point where I can start to give uh, weekly content over there. You know, like y'all get the episodes bi-weekly and I do some other content on the off weeks of the episodes for the patrons. But I don't know what y'all want. What do y'all want from me? What do you want from me? (laughs) Please give me a suggestion. Um, Yeah. All right, y'all. I'm going to move it on along to the Queer Rock, Queer Rock, Queer Rock of the Week segment. And the Queer Rock of the Week or Queer Pock of the Week segment is just where I highlight and celebrate and uplift some dope shit that some queer woman of color or queer person of color is doing or somebody that I think y'all should really know about if you don't already know about them or just some person that I'm feeling. So (laughs) this is the segment where I give flowers to those folks. Um, And okay, so I... I was just like down last week, which is why the episode didn't come out last week. Uh, and I, I, I very clearly recognize that the reason why I'm down and the reason why this pandemic has been so hard for me is because I am just an extrovert. Like I do better when I'm around people, when I can see people regularly. Uh, I'm an external processor. So uh, sometimes I just need to like talk through things with people. Not that I need feedback, but I just need to say it out loud, you know, and I don't really get that that much anymore. Um, I live solo and, you know, in a new city uh, and it's just all the things, right? So I was pretty down. And so I was like on my friend Michael's uh, Instagram story, shout out to Michael. Hey, Michael, I love you, boo. Uh, And they had posted this article about these uh, lesbian friends who opened a bar together. So this Queer Walk, (laughs) this Queer Walk, uh, this episode is actually two Queer Walks. Uh, Best friends, Angela Barnes and Renata Riddle, who opened a lesbian bar called Nobody's Darling in Chicago. So I feel like this just like, kicked me out of a funk. I was like, lesbian friendship is is revolutionary. It's out here saving our lives. And oh my gosh, right? <laughs> so um, I just want to tell you all a little bit about the bar that Angela and Renata opened and a little bit about the lead up to that. Um, and if y'all are in the Chicago area, I definitely encourage y'all to go check it out. If you're not in the Chicago area, stay your ass in place so that we can um, uh, try to bring down this like drastic spike that we've seen in COVID cases. Um, So the Washington Post and uh, the Grio both profiled Angela and Renata for uh, Nobody's Darlings. So apparently last year, and I say apparently because I'm not in Chicago, I didn't hear about it, but there was like this... uh, the Boys Town neighborhood of Chicago faced this like uh, 
come to Jesus moment around the racism, the fat phobia and the transphobia in that neighborhood. And um, from what I read in the profiles uh, of Nobody's Darling, it was essentially just like a lot of queer folks. Uh, I feel like this happens like every so many years. It's like every uh, queer generation. We have queers of color, um, gender queer folks. Uh, I think more recently because we have language for it now, but like asexual folks push back on these cis, white, gay spaces that have been carved out and called queer spaces, but they're not really queer. They just cis, white, and gay. Um, uh, and yeah, so the, the queers in Chicago was like not having it and uh, really called out a lot of the prominent gay bars in uh, Boys Town about paying uh, queer folks of color less than they paid the white gays, um, paying people more who had uh, quote unquote athletic body types as opposed to, um, you know, thicker bitches. And uh, people were just kind of like fed up and done with it. And it kind of culminated in this uh, drag march for change that happened in the summer of 2021. Well, um, Angela and Renata attended that march and they thought, you know, why why do we keep <laughs> like trying to make these interventions into these spaces? And uh, instead, why don't we just create our own spaces? I love this. It feels so timely. It feels like that scene of... Um, of Pose when Blanca is like demanding that she be given a drink at that bar and they keep throwing her out uh, and she ends up getting locked up like protesting being at that bar. And, you know, MJ just won her Golden Globe for her portrayal of Blanca. So I feel like this is so timely because it's like uh, it's actually queer women of color doing this right now. You know, it didn't just stop in like the 80s um, with the folks who were doing it in the neighborhoods then, too. So Angela and Renata take up the call, right, <laughs> and um, open Nobody's Darling as they called it a community-based bar. Like, they wanted it to be community-first, community-centered, uh, answering the actual concerns that people were raising about ex the existing queer spaces in the city, which makes sense because uh, I was reading in the Washington Post uh, piece that they actually met at a gay community center, uh, Renata and um, Angela did. So they are community ass bitches, you know, <laughs> like they, they understand the value of community spaces and people feel, feeling welcome in those spaces as well. I love this line um, in the piece from the Washington Post. The two stated that they wanted to create the only thing better than a bar for regulars, a bar for irregulars. And so inspired by one of my favorite Alice Walker poems, I feel like I can almost like recite this poem. Be nobody's darling. Be an outcast. Take the contradictions of your life and wrap around you like a shawl. So <laughs> I just I love that poem. Um, and so they they took uh, the first two lines of that uh, poem and named the space. Renata was quoted in the piece as saying, um, we've created a space where our only expectation is respect, relaxation and refreshments. It's safe and it's uh, resonating with people. 
Um, she, she continued, there's nothing aggressive about the space. You'll have women in their 60s sitting next to gay guys in their 20s, sitting next to lesbians in their 40s, and they start talking with each other, right? So th- I feel like this right here just highlights how much of a community space they set out to build with Nobody's Darlings. And I'm just really excited that this exists Um there was a documentary done a couple years ago. I remember watching like uh, the Catch One documentary on Jewel Tice Williams. But there are not a lot of lesbian spaces left. Uh, I think this article said that um, current day there's only 21 lesbian bars left in the whole of America. Um, and those are really concentrated, right? So there'll be like four in New York, <laughs> four in LA, you know, so um, there's not even one in every state. So it's just so huge to start a new one as a community space for the uh, outcasts uh, in response to other queer spaces really not embracing and affirming queer folks of color, gender queer folks, and, um, and lesbians. So shout out to Angela Barnes and Renata Riddle. Um, I'm really excited that Nobody's Darling exists. I hope y'all are staying afloat through, you know, the panty, the panorami. And I can't wait to be able to to come visit. Hopefully uh, this summer something will shake and I'll be able to go outside. And I really want to make it here. I wasn't, you know, able to see Jules Catch One and its heyday. But I, I really want to be able to see Nobody's Darling. And, uh the fact that y'all got the poem painted on the wall, I just, uh, I love that poem and uh, just want to take a picture in front of that wall. So um, if y'all live in the Chicago area, uh, the bar is located in Andersonville. I have no context for where that is in Chicago. <laughs> I've only been to Chicago once for a couple hours, which is a shame because, um, like I said, my my dear friend Michael lives there. I should definitely visit more, but um, I plan to. I plan to as soon as as soon as uh, Omicron stop wearing us out. So, uh, yeah, if you know where Andersonville is, pop on through. Uh, nobody's darling. It's time for that black feminist healing. This, that real shit, not make believe. Come on, money, please help me get my shit together. I listen to the moment when times get rough. Put all my headphones, turn it all the way up. Who's gonna give you grounding tips? There's nobody better. Oh, money, help me get my shit together. <laughs> All right, y'all. So I'm going to move it on along to the mental moment with Dr. Money, where um, I, uh, Dr. Money, who's a licensed marriage and family therapist, try to just give some mental health tips, tricks, uh, advice, hacks um, that I think would be helpful for us. And this one is totally like personal to myself. I have been trying to do things to boost my mood. Um I don't know if it's just I kind of like got into the behavioral routine of grief and depression. And so, and so I'm like stuck in it now, even though my my actual mood is shifting or what. But I really needed a reminder and a refresher of like 
how to get happy again. So, <laughs> so this mental moment, I want to talk about the happy hormones, or as me and Sequoia like to say, doing it for the dopamine. Do it for the dopamine. <laughs> Do it for the dope. Do it for the dope. Okay. Um, so I'm going to talk a little bit of brain chemistry stuff. Um, and then I'm going to give some suggestions on how to boost these uh, happy hormones. All right. So there's four major hormones slash neurotransmitters. And so, okay, what is a hormone? I think we we talk about hormones only in like the like um, sexual expression and genes and all that kind of stuff way. Hormones are really any chemical that is released by like an organ in your body. So um, hormones also have to do with our mood and <laughs> and our brain function and all that stuff too, not just like developing sexual characteristics and all those things. Hormones are very important, y'all. Very important. <laughs> so um, there's four major ones that are directly impactful to our mood. That is um, endorphins, serotonin, oxytocin, and dopamine. And I'm going to go through uh, each one of these four and explain kind of like what they are and things we can do to boost them. Okay, so I want to start with serotonin because uh, if folks have like been on any kind of mood stabilizer, um, antidepressants, and even some anti-anxiety medication, um, there's a, a whole class of them called SSRIs, which is serotonin secretion reuptake inhibitor. That's what it stands for. And long story, <laughs> to, to, long story short, what that does is it blocks your, um, your nerves and uh, the, the receptors in your brain from reabsorbing the serotonin so that you can have free serotonin. And when you have free serotonin, you experience a little more stable mood, maybe even a little elevated mood, right? So um, serotonin is kind of like the first happy hormone I want to talk about. So it's really important and it's targeted for like depression because it helps us regulate our mood. Um, so we don't experience as low lows and as high highs. So high highs are also an issue. If I have never said that before on this podcast, like um, it's not just about the, the the deep, deep lows that come with depression. It's also like the really high highs that come with like mania because then you're not sleeping. Um, your behavior gets all erratic and you can like really get stuck in a high too. So I think a lot of times because a lot of us, uh, want to avoid the low. We don't often talk about how um, disruptive the high highs can be too. So serotonin, kind of like stable. Serotonin, stable, right? <laughs> and it's like a a happy bump when you are feeling really low. So that's serotonin. Uh, it also helps us with our sleep. Um, to have regular sleep. That's what I was talking about, the high highs. When you are experiencing mania, you got way too much serotonin. You're not sleeping at all. Uh, serotonin is not just produced in our brain. Actually, a lot of serotonin is produced in our guts, our intestines. So when, you, when we say we have a gut feeling, it's actually a real thing, y'all. There are mood hormones being produced by your guts. So um, 
Yeah, serotonin is also produced in our intestines. And so uh, things like appetite are impacted, digestion are impacted by serotonin. Um, If anybody listening has ever struggled with depression, you might be like, oh, yeah, duh, because sometimes people experience a boost in um, appetite where our gut is lacking in the serotonin. So it's trying to get us to eat all of our comfort foods so that we can release that serotonin. Or you experience a big dip in your appetite and nothing feels like it will satiate you. You just feel like no matter what I eat is blast. So why would I eat anyway? Um, Again, this is because partly due to serotonin. Serotonin also has a role to play in um, memories Memories that we store. I always think about that movie Inside Out, (laughs) that Disney Pixar movie, when I talk about uh, neurotransmitters and stuff. But like memories that we store as happy memories um, boost serotonin. So if you can meditate and touch on a time that felt really happy to you, that can help with serotonin release. Some other things that help with serotonin, the sun, the sun the sun. (laughs) Sunshine is such a big one. Um, The vitamin D that we get from sunlight, if we, if, you know, it's the winter months, I always suggest vitamin D and niacin. Uh, Niacin helps you uh, digest and absorb the vitamin D. And remember, uh, serotonin is also produced in our gut. So all the things that we ingest with vitamin D um, helps, helps release serotonin. Um, mindfulness really helps with serotonin. Again, it, it helps us store happy memories. So if we can sit there and touch on a time where we were happy as fuck, (laughs) it'll help boost and release some serotonin. Nature is also another good one for serotonin. On my really rough days, I repeat to myself, see something green, eat something green, (laughs) see something green, eat something green. The other day, I repotted my Monstera. I really hope she hangs in there with me. I call her Megan the, the Monstera. And um, if you need a serotonin boost, get you a plant. I would suggest a cheaper one than a Monstera because for whatever reason, they got really popular during the pandemic and the price went up. Another plug I want to do for serotonin uh, is psilocybin. And I think I will probably do a mental moment about this. Sometime in the future when I've done when I've done more pointed research and notes on psilocybin. But for now, I will just link Dr. Tracy Marks. You know, I, y'all know she's my one of my goals as a therapist, black therapist on YouTube who has um, done extensive research on psilocybin. But essentially, psilocybin, also known as, you know, wacky dacky mushrooms, um, <laughs> Uh, It helps our intestines, our gut, produce more serotonin, therefore helping us feel more happy. Um, So microdosing has been shown to be a huge game changer for therapy-resistant depression, for uh, folks with uh, bipolar depression, um, and for folks who have struggled with uh, antidepressants. Um, because there's very little uh, evidence of any kind of negative um, 
side effects with psilocybin when when microdosing for depression. So it's it's just been a game changer for depression. So and it seems like it's kind of on the fast track to being like a a prescribable thing, kind of like marijuana. So like I said, I'm not an expert on this. I'm just going to link it below so y'all can check the description of this episode if you want to hear more about mushrooms and serotonin. All right. So the next hormone I want to talk about is endorphins. Endorphins are your body's pain relief system. (laughs) I don't know why I went into that voice. Um, But endorphins uh, I think when how I remembered it for my uh, test in like neuro class was endorphins, excedrin, right? So it's your body's uh, hormonal way of relieving pain. So when and how does your body release endorphins? Well, it produces it, sadly, in response to a, a stressor. But I want to talk about some ways that you can kind of like activate that release without having to experience a really... Um, discomforting or distressing stressor. So uh, endorphins are released when our muscles feel like really sore. So progressive muscle relaxation can help you release some endorphins. How you do that is just clench a muscle, a single muscle group really tightly, then relax it. Uh, A really easy example of this is clenching your hands into a fist as hard as you can and then releasing When I think about the release of endorphins, I think about pressure, pain, and temperature, right? So um, pressure, uh, hold something heavy on your chest, uh, uh, squeezing your biceps really tightly, then releasing um, temperature, put something really hot in your hands or put something really cold at the back of your neck. It's kind of like tricking your body into thinking, oh, snap, something is happening. And usually when something like this is happening, I'm going to experience pain. So it releases the endorphins. Um, And it just gives you enough of a bump of endorphins to kind of like breathe and get out of that moment. Right. And uh, with pain, this is a lot of the reason why uh, folks self-harm, because when we are in physical pain, our body releases a hormone that tells us everything's good. We're going to be okay. Um, and so so that's why I just think, I don't know. That's, this is a lot of the reason why I take this harm reduction approach to self-harm because it is a coping skill. It is just one that we ideally would like to not have to rely on as our only coping because it can get really dangerous sometimes. But um, it, the science there is real, right? Like when you are hurt, your body is constantly flooding you with messages of like, we good, we good, we gonna get through this, we gonna be all right. So <laughs> this is this is why, um, yeah, this is just why even without seeing examples of it, people come to these ends of like, well, maybe if I do this, I'll feel better, right? So I have some suggestions for how to release endorphins that don't end up harming us. Exercise. Exercise is known to release endorphins because like I was saying earlier, when your muscles are sore, you release more endorphins. Music also has been linked to uh, endorphin boost. Um, I already, y'all already know my like 
favorites, you know. I've been playing a lot of Ken the Man lately. Ken the motherfucking man, bitch, okay? If I dance to that long enough, I'll be sore because these knees just don't do what they used to back when I was stanky legging in college. So shout out to Ken the Man for these endorphins over here. <laughs> and um, last but not least, laughter. Uh, laughter can also help uh, release endorphins. And I will... I will link the article from Healthline about uh, laughter and endorphins. So, all right. Next up in our happy hormones is oxytocin. Oxytocin is the love hormone. That's what most people know it for. Um, It is... So oxytocin is really talked about a lot around childbirth because it is essential to the process of, of childbirth. Um, but it's not just the, the love and connection um, hormone in childbirth. We all produce levels of oxytocin and uh, it works hand in hand with endorphins to kind of help us get through painful incidents and painful moments. It also is um, the neuro thing that helps us connect and mirror other folks. So I think after saying that, you can think of ways to, to produce oxytocin, right? It's the it's the the people and trust hormone. So <laughs> so what do you need to produce oxytocin? People and trust. <laughs> um, so being around friends produces oxytocin. Um, being in social situations where you feel safe and like you can trust the folks around you has been linked to boosts of oxytocin. Hugs, even as short of hugs as 10 seconds. Uh, Back rubs, skin-to-skin contact. Uh, So obviously it kind of goes without saying sex, uh, (laughs) skin-to-skin contact, you know. And also animals. Animals also give us oxytocin. It doesn't just have to be human-to-human social interaction. Um, when I got Riri, I remember the like adoption pamphlet that the ASPCA gave me uh, said something like, even as little as 12 minutes of playing with her a day could release oxytocin. So if you feel bonded to your animal, it's because your body is literally setting you up to do it. Um, <laughs> so yes, oxytocin, all things social, all things connecting, bonding, trusting with other beings. And last but not least, the dopamine, the dopamine. I I don't know. I don't know. It's just something about dopamine. I wanted to leave it for last. Me and Sequoia always say to each other, do it for the dopamine. Um, (laughs) That was, um, I tell you, in the throes of a dark day, that felt really funny to say. Today, I had to like big myself up to leave the house. And I was like, I need to go to Trader Joe's because a snowstorm is coming I need snacks to get me through it. And also, I need to do it for the dopamine. (laughs) I just need to do it for the reward. So dopamine as a happy hormone and neurotransmitter is really important for the reward center of our brain. So it not only makes us feel good, but it's telling our brain that whatever we're doing is going to make us feel good again, right? So um kind of like think about it like a slot machine right like when you when you pull the handle and you hear the little ding 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 that's what dopamine is doing in our brain like yes <laughs> 
it's associated with like pleasurable sensations. So when we feel something that feels good, our body releases dopamine. Um, It also helps us with our motor functions because whatever we're doing, it's telling our body that doing this again will feel good. So if you've ever like had to learn a dance or um, like physically memorize how to do something, there's dopamine being released in that process to be like, okay, if you do this again, it's going to be good. If you do this again, it's going to be good. So it helps with our like uh, sensory motor stuff as well. Sometimes it's helpful to think about dopamine as the long-term version of endorphins too. So endorphins is like the first release of the like happy hormone when we're exercising, but dopamine keeps us going back to exercising. It's like, remember last time you did this and you was feeling so good after? Girl, don't you want to do it again? So dopamine is really like the the long-term version of endorphins. Um, it, it, that's also why it's so essential in, uh, the antidepressant realm, because we don't just want you to get the serotonin boost and be like, Ooh, yes, this medicine was helpful. But also to be like, remember last time you took that medicine and it felt this good girl, you better do it again. (laughs) Like that's, that's kind of what dopamine is doing. It's like setting us up to get it again and again. So knowing that dopamine is the long-term reward system, happy hormone, what kind of things uh, boost this? What can you do to experience dopamine? Um, I hope that as you hear me talking about each of these, you can think of things that will help you experience this. But here are some examples uh, from my own life. Um, Laughing with friends. So where um, laughter is that like short-term with endorphins. I'm combining that with the oxytocin of doing it with friends. (laughs) And it sets me up for that like long-term reward, right? I'm also, like I said, at the top of this, an uh, extrovert, right? So being around people, I know that is something that has helped me feel good in the past. The dopamine release really be hitting when I do it again. (laughs) Food. Food is a big dopamine release one. Um, that's, uh, that reward at the end of that Trader Joe's journey was so that I can get that Ugandan chocolate. Ooh, ooh, my, oh my goodness. Thank you, Trader The Joe's for providing me with that Ugandan chocolate. It's dairy free. My stomach is happy after I eat it and it's dark chocolate. That's good. Okay. So, um, yeah, the reward at the end of that, very, very, uh, happy about, Um, And if you think about the process of cooking, like if you have like a go to meal for me, it's omelets because, you know, my 2022 challenge to myself is to learn how to cook. So (laughs) so um, if there's something that you're just like in the habit of making and you know, it's going to slap every time dopamine um, is released in that process. Um, So I also got from this uh, article uh, foods that tend to be more linked to releasing happy hormones. So I'm going to talk about that now. Uh, foods with high tryptophan have been um, linked to increasing dopamine and ser- serotonin levels. Dairy has also been linked to dopamine release. I can't do dairy. So if if you're with me, it's okay. Don't worry. Almonds have also been linked to dopamine release. So <laughs> I love almonds. I'll eat a handful all the time. Um, So if you can't do dairy for dopamine, you can do almonds. 
Green tea is another one that uh, studies have found, like with regular consumption of green tea, folks have higher levels of free dopamine and serotonin. So like better mood if you're uh, regularly drinking green tea. I don't know how they operationalize regularly. In my mind, when I look, I I haven't looked at tea studies, but (laughs) when I think about my own tea practice, like if you're drinking a cup of tea a day of something, I would consider that like regular, regular consumption, right? So drink a, a cup of green tea a day for dopamine. Do it for the dopamine. Achieving a goal also gives us that dopamine release. Remember, it's the reward hormone. So if you've been wanting to do something and you accomplish it, boom, dopamine. Um, That's why I really like setting myself up to check things off so it can feel good. Make yourself a very specific and very check-offable to-do list. Like, I'm going to make my bed this morning. I'm going to brush my teeth. I will wash all of my spoons, (laughs) you know, like just things that you can feel accomplished as you check off. Do it for the dopamine. And last but not least, I feel like, you know, the the mental health stuff, it be basic, but it be hitting. Showering, showering and bathing has been linked to releasing dopamine. It's the the water on our skin. I don't know. Maybe it's the sensation after you feel accomplished. Maybe your to-do list is just to take the shower and do it for the dopamine. Um, there, there was this uh, study done that had like, I don't know. I don't know how they do uh, brainwave stuff and brain chemistry stuff. But essentially, they looked at dopamine levels before a shower and after a shower and saw that after a shower, dopamine levels were higher. So um, I, I'm imagining some Gray Sloan. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm not that kind of doctor, y'all, but I'm imagining some like Gray's Anatomy shit happening where they have people's brains hooked up to wires while they shower. <laughs> I'm sure that's not the way it went, but in my mind, that's how it played out. Uh, The takeaway for us, um, you know, me on the behavioral therapeutic side of that research is that dopamine makes us feel better and is released after a shower. So. All right. So the I think I think this was a a better way to start the year, you know, like uh, I felt like the last episodes of 2021 really showed y'all where I was at. Um, But (laughs) but this mental moment is all our happy hormones, all the chemicals in our body that are co-conspiring to make us feel better, even though everything around us might be um, trying to pull us into feeling the opposite, right? So I'm going to run through them one more time, as I usually do at the end of a mental moment, to uh, give y'all again what the happy hormones are. The first is serotonin, our stability hormone. Then we got endorphins, our pain release hormone, oxytocin, our love hormone, and dopamine, our reward hormone. So do something to deliver some dopamine. Ah, Look at that. Look at that alliteration. Do something to deliver some dopamine. Yeah. And if, you know, if dopamine ain't it right now, maybe it's just a hit of endorphins, serotonin, or oxytocin. But... Whichever, whichever one you find yourself uh, practicing towards, 
I hope you get that release. All right, y'all, here is where I would usually move on to the topic segment. I don't have a topic for this episode. If you would like to submit a topic that you would like to hear me talk about, you can do so at queerwalkpod at gmail.com. Or you can just like hit me up in the DMs or whatever and be like, hey, money, you should talk about this on the next episode. Um, Yeah, I don't really have a topic. I mean, euphoria is back, but... I've been doing IG lives about Euphoria, so I don't really have anything else to say about that. So if you're not following on Instagram and would like to talk Euphoria with me, um, follow on Instagram and Monday nights, you know, so make sure you caught up. Make sure you caught up. Um, Yeah, but that's about it. So, yeah, hit me up with y'all topic suggestions. All right. And last but not least. I'm going to move into the Curved Chronicles segment. The Curved Chronicles is where I talk about my dating woes and wins or your dating woes and wins. You can send your dating questions and or stories to QueerWalkPod at gmail.com and I will engage with them here on the podcast. But as I haven't had any submitted, I, of course, am going to talk again about my dating life. So, um, this Curve Chronicles, I just really want to say that Tammy or, uh, Tammy, this, you know, I remembered that I had this app a while ago and deleted it because I saw that there was a discussion group for studs who only wanted to date, quote unquote, snow bunnies. That was literally the name of the discussion group. It was studs for snow bunnies. And I deleted the app immediately. But for some reason, um, recently I've reinstalled it. I don't, I don't know if I just forgot that experience, (laughs) that experience and was hoping that I would, I don't know. I don't know. But somehow Tammy, I don't, is that even how you pronounce it? Uh, Y'all will get back to me. Y'all always correct my pronunciation, but like, is it T-A-I-M-I? That's Tammy, right? Well, anyway. Um, this is not an endorsement of that app. <laughs> this is uh, quite the opposite. So um, I don't know. I don't know if they advertised like Tammy, where the queer women of color who are flaming garbage go to play or what. But it's just the biggest community space for all the worst parts of queer women of color community I have ever experienced. It's the conversations about what femmes should be doing, a quote unquote, what studs should be doing, all, all this recreation of heteronormativity, um, like, like really gender queer phobia, like the enforcing of a binary that you're either masculine or feminine. And if you are masculine, you need to be, um, the worst, (laughs) the worst parts of, um, you know, misogynist culture. If you are femme, you need to be the highest of high femmes who, essentially has never even heard of physical labor or a muscle and will just lay there and be pretty and shut up. And it is, I mean, I don't know. It just kind of scares me that queer women of color are still there. Like, 
And this is not an app just for queer queer women of color. I should say that, but um, that's most of what I see on it. So again, I don't know who's behind Tamey. I don't know how it's being like advertised or whatever, but I don't actually see a lot. And maybe it's my area, right? I'm also in a big city, but I also don't see, I just don't see a lot of white queers on Tamey. So I don't know. I don't know how it's being put out there, but it is still it's still a little shocking to me that folks are still there when when it comes to like gender, gender presentation, queerness. And I I was trying to talk about this with um my friends the other night at movie night, but I just it feels like people are more into the language of queerness than a practice of queerness. What do I mean by that? I still, I'm I'm thinking this out. I told you I'm an external processor. I'm thinking this out as I record this. So if folks have like thoughts or feedback, I welcome it. Uh, I would be excited to have this conversation because I don't, I don't really know how to put words to it, but it's like people are really into like, I identify as X. I identify as Z. I identify as Q. But but with all those identity labels, they are still not practicing their identities in ways that don't reinscribe the violence of like a gender binary or hetero patriarchy. You know what I mean? So it's like you go to a person's profile on Tamey and they have like all the dope ass labels, right? Like, um, non-binary. I use they, them pronouns. I am this, this, this queer, 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 blah, blah, blah. Um, vaccinated. Cause you know, that's a way on the apps that people be like, I, <laughs> that's like a gesturing on the apps to like, I ain't one of them, you know? And so it's like, oh, cool. This is somebody who I would guess from all these, um, identity markers that we would align socially and politically. And then you go in the message groups and they are posting the most horrific shit like <laughs> ah ah like are you serious it's just like i don't know. i don't uh, oh i just don't um my it's really hard for my brain to compute i don't know like i think i think there's a survival piece that i might be overlooking in this like what people have to do in order to get through their day to day lives you know because I sometimes I think it is too hard it it is hard like knowing these things and living it and um refusing to be in relationships where like I'm expected to uphold some kind of performance of whatever just because people read me as femme like it is hard it's hard to resist right because it's not like there's been this total social revolution of how we know and understand gender. I think it's getting there, but um, there hasn't been one yet. So we're still trying, we're still like in this gray in between space between creating a new gendered existence. But it's just really bizarre to me to see it because so much of my personal life is not that. And so I'm just like, wow, people. And even if, even if we are on the surface in like a relationship that looks that way, we don't, there's no investment in it looking that way. You know what I mean? So like <laughs> the folks I've dated have overwhelmingly been more masculine presenting. But if they woke up that day and decided to put on 
um, like, you know, Fashion Nova's finest, I would not be, I would not be like, oh, what you doing? You supposed to be my husband. You can't wear that. Like, that's just not where I am. And I, I don't think I ever was there, but maybe I'm being naive in thinking that. Maybe I was there at some point in my early 20s. But to see my age bracket, y'all, is set from 28 to 45. So to see grown people 28 to 45 saying things like that, I can't I can't date no stud who wear a lace front. Excuse me. Like <laughs> studs can't do their hair now. <laughs> it's just wild. It's wild. I can't date no femme with no hair. It's just it's just wild to see to see women of color and the yeah, the only the only kind of space and grace I can think of for it is like surviving your day-to-day life. Or like being so scrutinized by these like desirability politics that you start to enact them on each other. Because other than that, I'm just like, y'all are some clowns. Like, I just don't. And it makes me think, damn, I missed my window of opportunity. (laughs) And it just ain't going to happen. But I think um, more in my rational mind, I think it just ain't going to happen in these app spaces but Tammy just uh Tammy is teeming with problematic shit and I just I it just uh, baffles me that there's no like moderators to be like a like the, you can't say this or nothing they just let these conversations go uh, as long as it's you know not uh graphic violence or nudity it stays up and it's wild it's just very wild to me but yeah that's Tammy. But okay, I feel like I wanted to tell y'all something else about Tammy, but <laughs> I went into this and again, it's cuz like I haven't really thought about it out loud. So y'all let me know what y'all think about that. But what I actually wanted to talk about was an experience I had on Tammy. Um so another thing that happens a lot with people on apps is their bio will be just ask anything you want to know, just ask. If you are listening to this, if you can hear my voice right now and your bio is anything you want to know, just ask. That is not like, what? What? I, what am I supposed to ask you about? Uh, okay. So, you know what? I do it, right? I'm a therapist. I'm an extrovert. I'm a Virgo. I can make a conversation out of dust, okay? So, I match with this person on Tamey. And their bio is anything you want to know, just ask. I don't know if y'all noticed or if you follow me on social media or whatever, whatever. But orange is my happy place. I like orange as a color. Um, yeah, it just it just makes me really excited. I feel better when things are orange. <laughs> so I, um, I was actually kind of like drawn to their profile because they had like a motorcycle and that was orange and a whole orange outfit. And I was like, oh, yes, cute. So when I messaged with them, given that they did not have a bio, uh, I said, oh, do you like orange as much as I do? Um, And they replied, yeah, me. I don't know why I kept this going. (laughs) I don't know why. Because yeah is like, okay, Y-E-A-H, y'all. 
Yeah, Y-E-A-H. Um, so, so I've responded to that. Orange is my happy place with a smiley face. And then I don't know why I continued. I said, what other colors do you like or are you drawn to? And they didn't respond to that message. So whatever. Okay. It was a, it was a pretty dry conversation. I get that. I had very little to work off of, you know, like your bio is just ask. But the thing with Tammy is that it has, like, you can go live on there, like Instagram. So I was still on the app and I saw that that person had went live. So I clicked on it because I was like, oh, we just matched like 20 minutes ago and you're live. All right. They are live and they're with like a guy friend um, who I read as a queer guy, but this is this is totally my stuff, you know. I don't know how that person identified. Um, and then the name of the live was Colors. And so I I get on the live and I'm like, okay, you know, they were just saying hey to everybody who came in. So they they it's like Instagram, right? So they can see that I'm watching. And they're like, y'all got to step y'all conversation up. First of all, females is automatically all the red flag emojis for me. Like, <laughs> if you are referring to women as females, I feel like we've, we, we undid that in 2016, 2017. I'm not there anymore either. But I was just like, um, are they talking about me? But I tend to overthink things and I'm also very self-critical. So I was like, you know, it's a whole big app. Maybe they just had like very terrible conversations with people. And so they continue. They like, yeah, y'all females, y'all, y'all can't um, be uh, DMing me thinking I'm going to respond when you asking me my favorite color or asking me what colors I like. And I was like, it was in that moment where I'm like going back and reading our <laughs> message. And I'm like, did they start alive after I messaged them? to like clown me about asking about colors when they have nothing on their bio, but just ask. And so the guy who's with them is like, not colors, you know, you know how people do like hyping their friend, right? Like, Ooh, girl, no, she didn't. Not colors. <laughs> and I was like, wow, I'm really in, um, I, I guess I guess Tammy is a social media platform, right? So you can like build a following on there similar to Instagram. And so there's like like a good number of people watching this live. Um she's just going in, right? Like about don't ask me uh no boring ass, dumb ass questions, blah, 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 blah. Going off and on about like the color thing. And then um talked about I guess some other person messaged and asked about um shoes um and which I think is a good y'all are y'all are what the fuck do you expect people to do on an app where we are strangers trying to connect to each other off of nothing but usually the strength of finding each other attractive right so it's like <laughs> What what kind of first message are you expecting? Are you expecting some deep ass soliloquy about how incredible you are and how I can't wait to smell the essence of your your being and shit? It's like that you are a flat screen on my seven inch cell phone right now. 
<laughs> that is all you are. Relax and let people show their personality over time. Like it it really is given that y'all forgot how to make connections in real in like actual real life. Like even even in waking life, you don't walk up to somebody and all of a sudden you're in the midst of a riveting conversation and you can't pull yourself away from it. And y'all been talking for five hours standing at a, a coffee shop like that is so rare. Like the first fumbly question asking da 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 da. That is the beginning of most conversations. <laughs> like that that is the beginning of most conversations. I even think about therapy. The first like five, seven minutes of session is fumbly and awkward as hell. You know, clients are like, how are you? And I'm like, good. How are you? Thanks for asking. You know, it's like it's like this very clunky thing. Give people a chance on these apps. I don't think I don't think I'm some like, uh, you know, emotionally, whatever, whatever person that I allow the the I allow the conversation to go for a while before I'm like, is this flowing? Does it feel awkward? Mm, I give it time. I give it time. You are you are clowning me and some other person off of a first second message, and all your dry ass responded was yeah, y e a h. You, my friend, are also not a great conversationalist. <laughs> that happened on Tammy. And <laughs> I think, what well, I don't know. I, um, I'm trying not to generalize it. And I'm trying to be, I have so many of these, y'all. I, st- I had to start writing down all my Curve Chronicles for 2022 episodes. Because um, people just say really wild things to me on on dating apps. And I don't know, it feels like some kind of cosmic joke because I'm a relational therapist and I help a lot of like couples and folks in relationships with their stuff. I help a lot of like the individuals I work with around like dating and socially connecting. And so it feels like like a cosmic joke really that I have such a hard time with this and that I have, I don't know, that I'm most reflective about myself around this area. It's like I figured out how to be a good sister, I hope, if my sisters are listening. <laughs> I figured out how to be a good friend, I hope, if <laughs> my friends are listening. I figured out how to be a good daughter, good therapist, blah, 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 blah. But, every, but the only role in my life that I feel like I really struggle with and haven't cracked the code to is this dating relationships thing. And I'm just like, maybe I do need another intervention because back when we went to South by Southwest, the Batty Brigade did give me an intervention around first messages on apps, right? (laughs) Like no more conversations around (laughs) time zones, right? (laughs) But I think I've like greatly improved. I'm also, you know, grown, grown now. And I just feel like I give people more kindness and grace that I couldn't see or or give before because we we are surviving a very hard time right now. That's another thing that really stood out to me about watching that girl's live is like you are like clowning me and this other person 
and we in a pandemic, you know, it's just like you could be the first person that I've messaged on an app since since COVID kicked off. And like you see you see that I'm watching and what is it? You know, it's, I just think people so many people are struggling with isolation and loneliness right now. Um, researchers are calling it the second pandemic, isolation and loneliness. And so to do this and push somebody uh, potentially out of community, it just feels especially cruel and fucked up. So <sighs> I said all that to say I'm deleting Tammy. <laughs> and if y'all have had different experiences um, with that app, let me know. Also, tell me, tell me if, you know, if you're like money. Yeah, that message was very dry. Here's how you kick off a conversation. I'm, you know. I am, I'm open to feedback about myself. I am my greatest project, my greatest creation. I will, I will understand if y'all are like, nah, that was a whack-ass message to start off with. <laughs> Would you have responded like that person though? Um, yeah, but that was Tammy. Um, next up is Hinge. So y'all... <laughs> Cross your fingers and wish me luck for Hinge. I'm, I'm doing this thing where I'm trying one dating app at a time. I think I get really disheartened when I'm on like four, like when I'm on her, Tinder, um, Bumble and all this and nothing is popping. So I'm trying one at a time. I don't do it like frequently. I have a lot of time on Fridays to swipe and that's it. <laughs> so yes, I'm taking this very... uh earth sign but I think it's a I think it's the balanced approach to me not getting real overwhelmed with like what did I used to say like I, I just used to go to really dark places around like shit not working out before and I'm kind of really over that like not having an intimate relationship doesn't say anything about how dope uh amazing I am and so this would just be like another fun thing to do <laughs> you know like oh I have a boo this is fun but um, it doesn't say anything that I don't have one. So I'm really trying to take that approach now um, and not repeat errors of my past. Y'all know, you know, trying to flourish, you know. All right. Um, well, I think that's it. I think that's the episode. <laughs> Y'all let me know what you think. Hit me up at Queer Walk Pod on all the things. Use the hashtag Queer Walk. I will see y'all next episode. Uh, deuces. This episode of Queer Walk the Podcast was made possible thanks to the monetary contributions of Sarah M., Charlene S., and Callie S., who all became new patrons. This episode was also made possible by the listeners in Harbor City, California, Beaverton, Oregon, Oregon, what? and St. George, Grenada.